Today is the second candle, the second Advent candle, which is the candle of faith. And the meaning of this in tradition go, goes back to the prophet Micah. I'm never going never gonna to say this right. Micahs in Spanish, Micahs. Micah in prophet Micah, Micah in German. In English, Misha, Misha, Misha. Ah, Misha in German. Micah in English, Misha in German, Micahs in Spanish. Um, that's only the background story. Rasmus, you can talk later about the Danish. All right. But the prophecy goes about like he was writing about Jesus that would be born in Bethlehem. And he wrote this about 700 years before it actually happened, right? Talking about faith, speaking something that is yet to happen. That's the whole background of this candle of faith. You know, and I, and I think like so many years after, fast forward to us here today, I believe that faith is still the most important and practical thing we can have today, right? Yeah. I believe it's nothing more valuable in our life, in our Christian work than faith. Actually, in the Bible we can find things that we cannot do without faith. Yeah. You want me to read a few of them? First thing, which is the most important thing to start with, we cannot be safe without faith. In Ephesians 2, 8-9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not on your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Another thing we cannot do without faith is we cannot pray without faith. Matthew 21 to 22, 21, 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. We cannot please God without faith. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And I think we can, faith is going to limit God. We will limit God's work without faith. Matthew 13, 58, and he, did, and he did not do many miracles there because of the lack of faith. There was Jesus in a town that could not even perform many miracles because of unbelief and the lack of faith of people. Believe faith is the most important thing we have been given by God. But now when I was thinking about this topic, right, faith is such a huge topic. I mean, I'm sure you can put faith... Google it, put it on YouTube, and you can have like hours of preaching about faith and everything. And I don't know, even for our own everyday, for our own upbringings, our own culture, faith, maybe we use it in different ways. Um, maybe if you are in a Christian context, like you hear things like, oh, this is a man of God, or this is a woman of God. And it means that they've done big things for God in their lives, right? And then you maybe try to compare your faith to that. I don't know. I was thinking about even Jesus, when the disciples asked Jesus about, Jesus, we want to grow our faith. And they said, and the response from Jesus was, well, what was in Matthew 17, 20, he says like, if you have faith, like the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from there to there, and it would happen. Imagine the face of the disciples, like, oh, wow, like, What's our faith? And I'm reading that thinking, okay, if, 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 
I don't know, have you ever tried to move a mountain from one place to another place? As a child growing up in church, you can try funny things. <laughs> and it's like, oh, it's not happening. I don't know, so that's all the thoughts I had when I was thinking about this topic. Maybe we can read about the miracles and healings that were performed by Jesus when he was on earth, and then he's always praising the faith of the person, right? Your faith has made you healed. And then you're maybe going through that situation and thinking, oh, I need to have some more faith. Or, you know, like you can compare with that. Or even if we read the chapter, of, chapter 11 of Hebrews, which is the giants of faith, right? It's a whole story through the Bible. You can read it if you haven't read that. It's really awesome. That shares about faith and from, from the beginning to, you know, like going through all these people, awesome people of faith. And you can read that and think, okay, so how's my faith? What's my faith? What's the size? What, is that? What, what can I do with that? And it made me think that the only reason to have faith is to use it, right? It's quite simple, but it's the only reason to have faith is to use it. So maybe it's not so much about the size of my faith, but more about am I using the faith I've been given. You know, God's word tells us that we all have been given a measure of faith. All of us. So the question is, am I using the faith I've been given? Is my faith something I can use in my everyday life? It's a good question, right? Is it something I can use in my everyday life? So that's where I'd like to focus this message around this idea on faith in our everyday life. So if you're taking notes, the title of the message is Counterculture Faith. Counterculture Faith. So I grew up in a, in, in a, uh, in a family with a great storyteller dad. He was a great storyteller. And then a mom that was able to help me also make, like, memorize some things in the Bible. Like, what's a good theme? Actually, I think they made a really good theme on, on bringing that stories of faith to us from a really young age. And, and actually, I'm, I'm, I've been since some of that, like with my two-year-old daughter, I've been trying to bring some of this storytelling. And it's not so easy. It's not so easy. You need to make a lot of sound effects and, and, and bring some passion and things. And, but I'm making progress. I'm, I'm on my way, but I'm making progress. Actually, um, I'm so happy this week because Joy said to me that, well, said to Sheila that she wants Papa to tell the story now, not Mama. That's a good thing about making progress, right? I have this little crocodile. I'm, I'm always praying, like, let's not lose it because it's the best thing I have now. So I make a second voice for the crocodile. And when Sheila has it, she tries and Joy says, no, no, Papa, Papa, Papa. I'm like, so I'm making progress with storytelling. But the funny thing about these stories is that years later, like I can still remember the stories that I got told when I was a child. Wow. I can still remember. There's one story that I want to share with you that's my favorite. And it's a story of faith. And I believe this can be so helpful for all of us today. Are you ready? Yeah. So this story is found in the book of Acts. And it's a story that happened to Paul and Silas. The, I'm not going to read everything. You can read Acts 16. I'm going to pick up from, from the middle of the story. 
but you can read for yourself from the beginning, which happens that they were publicly accused of disturbing the peace of the town. And the solution at that time was to punish them, right? I'm going to read Acts 16:22. The judges went along with the mob, had Paul and Silas' clothes ripped off and ordered a public beating. After beating them up, after beating them black and blue, they threw them into jail, telling the jailkeeper to put them under heavy guard so there would not be chance of escape. He did just that, threw them into the maximum security cell in the jail and clamped leg irons on them. Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. Then, without warning, a huge earthquake. The jailhouse tottered. Every door flew open, and all prisoners were loose. Startled from sleep, the jailers saw all the doors swimming, swinging loose on their hinges. Assuming that all of the prisoners had escaped, he pulled out his sword and was about to do himself in, figuring he was a good figuring he was as good as dead anyway, when Paul stopped him. Don't do that. We're all still here. Nobody's run away. The jailer got a torch and ran inside. Badly shaken, he collapsed in front of Paul and Silas. He led them out of the jail and asked, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? To really live, he said. Put your entire trust in the Master Jesus. Then you will live as you were meant to live, and everyone in your house included. They went on to spell out in detail the story of the Master. The entire family got in on this part. They never did get to bed that night. The jailer made them feel at home, dressed their wounds, and then he couldn't wait till morning was baptized, he and everyone in his family. There in his home, he had food set out for a festive meal. It was an night to remember. He and his entire family had put their trust in God. Everyone in the house was in on the celebration. What a story, eh? I love how such a story, like with a really, really bad situation, and it ends up almost in a Christmas family dinner, right? That feels like that at the end. Everyone's celebrating. But I think it's a huge contrast between the culture of what was happening there, even in jail, and what Paul and Silas did. You know, maybe we ourselves don't find that in that situation right now. I mean, we just heard the story of, of Lisa and, and Andre and the family, which is an extreme situation. But I'm sure if we bring it to ourselves, we've all been in overwhelming situations. Maybe not physically extreme like that, but a situation that has left us bruised, has left us in a bad situation. And I believe this counterculture faith is something we can apply in every situation. It's the same faith that they apply there, it's the same faith we can apply here today. So I want to take a moment to share Three areas in our lives, three areas we can apply our counterculture faith. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, 
Faith in how we see. You know, faith is the ability to see things that don't yet exist. Faith can turn difficulty into a new reality. You know, but this is not, not to be confused with positive thinking techniques, right? This is not about uh, crossing my fingers and, and not mentioning the things and positive thinking. It's different. I believe faith has the ability to see, see the things as they are. Faith is not scared of recognizing that the situation is bad because faith is connected to a miracle worker, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So faith is not going to be scared. If the situation is bad, it's bad. If it's ugly, it's ugly. If it's uh, broken, it's broken. It's no point of saying, no, no, don't talk about that because it's, don't, don't talk about the problem. It doesn't exist. Let's think different. That's not faith. Faith sees the situation as they are, but also can see through that situation, can see beyond the situation, can see situation with the miracle worker connected to this, beyond the mess. So if you look in this situation with Paul and Silas, right? The faith gave them a way to focus in a different, in, in, to see the situation as it is, but focus in a different way. Think about, they were clamped on the floor, they couldn't walk around, they couldn't do anything. So basically the situation is bad, right? You are beaten up, in jail, you only can be sitting, and you cannot do anything else. So it's no point to start to think, oh, I wish if I would be out and I could be worshiping in church. Oh, I wish, if they, was, they were not going there. They were more, okay, we cannot move, we are here, high security jail, what can we do? Oh, no one has put tape on my mouth. I can still pray, I can still sing, and that's what they started to do, right? Yeah. They saw the situation, and faith gave them a way of seeing it in a different way. So that's what they started to, to pray, they started to praise God and to sing. You know, maybe, maybe right now, if, if, you, if you put yourself, what's, what's your story? We all, I love, I love the stories that we are doing on Sundays because we all have a story. I'm always thinking, like, imagine all of us having that moment on the screen to share a story, a faith story, an overcoming story. You know, maybe we are in the middle of it. Maybe it's a situation that is at work. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's in the middle of an unjust situation. You've been accused at work of something. Or maybe you are, even on social media, some, you feel like um, some people speaking bad behind your back. Maybe it's at school, at uni, maybe sickness, visa, you are in the middle of a bad situation that has left you bruised and broken. But I believe whatever the situation is, we can apply this practical faith. You know, if I, I look back over, over stories and I was thinking about this one story where, where we, my wife Sheila and I, we were still studying and we started to work and it was a really good work. We worked in a cafe, like really making, making a lot of progress. And it was a really good beginning, but it ended up really, really bad. Have you ever been in a situation like that? That it starts really awesome and then turns out to be really, really bad? I mean, best is the opposite, right? It starts really bad and turns out really awesome. But we had, the op we had this situation that we f you feel powerless because that person is really trying to hurt you. This, this boss, which is a horrible boss we had, was really trying to hurt us, 
threatening us, even that he will make sure that we're not able to work in any other place after we left that place. Using every technique to put fear into us, everything like really manipulation. And I remember the thing I remember the most is the, how this conversation, this meeting ended. We were sitting around the table. And that conversation ended like this. So good that I had my wife Sheila there with me because she, she said, she said this, I'm not going to listen anymore to this. You are not going to define our future. And if you don't mind, I have some work to do. Yeah. And then she stood up and kept working. Uh, which his response was, Andres, are you not going to say anything to your wife? I'm like, what can I say? <laughs> like, it's already in her mind. But I love that thing of, um, that's a good thing about being a team, right? When someone needs more faith than the other person gets. <laughs> but I love that in this situation, for my wife, was not like the feelings and emotions. They were not becoming bigger than our faith. Our faith was, you know what? This is not going to limit our future. You're not, the, you're not the provider. You're not the one that's going to de determine how our future is going to be. I'm not going to listen to this anymore. I'm going to walk out from this. And I believe that's a way of seeing it in a different way. Yeah. Ephesians, Ephesians 6, 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. This leads me to my next point, where we can apply faith in, everyday, in our everyday life. Number two, faith in how we speak. This is my favorite part of the story, right? Along about midnight, Paul and Silas were at prayer and singing a robust hymn to God. The other prisoners couldn't believe their ears. You know, because they applied faith in how they saw the situation, they started to speak in a different way. Whatever they saw through, they started to speak into it. And, you know, it doesn't say anywhere that they were complaining, that one started to complain and the other one listening to him. They said, oh, how, this, how does this beating make you feel? Well, um, um, or even, it doesn't say it was any debrief meeting, right, happening that Silas was maybe telling Paul, you know, you always speak so much, and, and then because of you said that, because you did that, now the whole situation turned around. We could have just walked through the city and not be in this situation. And it was nothing of that. It was, we're in this situation, this is how bad it is, but we're going to speak faith. We're going to start singing, we're going to start praying, and it's the super counterculture, right? And then what happens, we saw what happened. Earthquake, and the whole story took a different turn. Paul writes also to the Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 4.13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise up with Jesus and present us with you to himself. I love this. We believe and therefore speak. Right? We believe, therefore speak. It's so amazing, this story, right? They believed something, they were speaking it. The other prisoners couldn't believe what they were hearing. That's what I, I love this contrast, because like, man, what, what situation? People in the same place with two different ways of seeing the situation. 
Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When we speak the word of God, this is what we, are, what we hear as well, right? Imagine when they were speaking, when they were singing, they were also hearing that. They were also hearing the word of God. They were speaking God's promises, praying God's promises. That's what they start to hear. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's such a, it seems so simple. But I love that it's simple because otherwise it would be like all on us trying to make harder for us to have more faith, right? No, it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We are right now like on, on this Christmas time of the year where, where some of us, we start looking back into 2023 and think, okay, how was this year for me? Uh, did, did I achieve what I wanted to achieve? Uh, did I accomplish my projects or things that I had planned or are they going to be postponed, still being postponed from 2021 to 2024? I don't know, it's different ways to see the year. But I believe there's a company that does this really, really awesome, this looking back, which is Spotify. Right? Have you got your Spotify yearly wrap and you have like this how many minutes you listen to something or the music you like the most and, and, and then, I don't know, the, all, they have so many details on it, even a personality test, a personality trait, right? It seems like I'm the vampire. That's like, I know what it means, you too? Any more vampires in the room? <laughs> I think this question has not been asked before in church. Any vampires in the room? <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know what it means, but, but it's, it's cool. Um, but I think that it's, it's amazing to think like how these small things that we do throughout a year, when you put it back all together, it's thousands of minutes, right? And I'm not saying like, you know, I don't know, some people are super proud. They just posted and it's like, oh, Lane, I achieved thousand. At least this year I live like 600,000 minutes of music. Um, but imagine if we start doing the same, building our faith. That we look back to the year, if we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, how many minutes of hearing the word of God? You know, don't need to replace that with music. Just add it to it. It could be from Sunday. It could be from your own time from the message, from reading, reading the word out loud. <laughs> it's also hearing the voice of God. Like, imagine if we look back into the year and say, wow, 365 days. And this is what, what helped me grow my faith, right? Wouldn't it be amazing? I think like, it's really it's a challenge for 2024, whoever wants to, wants to do it. But I, again, it's not about us trying strong. It's about that's something that God has promised that's going to grow our faith. Is that good? Yeah. All right, so then point number three and the last point of an area where we can apply faith is faith in how we think. You know, Paul and Silas didn't allow feelings or thoughts or defeat, emotions to take over. They were, they were eternity focused in their thinking. You know, they, they were in this situation where they were praying, they were praising, and then suddenly earthquake, and every look, chains fall, and they just could walk out of jail and say, you see, God is with me, like no one can stop me, and walk out. But they didn't do that. They saw this jailkeeper 
and he was about to kill himself, and they turned to him. They probably talked to all the prisoners to say, hey, no one runs from here. Let's wait. They went to him, and it turned into a situation that he wanted to kill himself into a situation that he got eternal life. What a contrast. Because faith helped Paul and Silas to be eternity focused in their thinking. You know, I'm thinking about like, in our own, bringing that into our own very practical, everyday life. Where do we need to bring eternity focus? <laughs> you right? <laughs> Where do we need to bring eternity focus in our thinking? How can it help us to see situations in a different way? Right? Not with just what we see around, but seeing it with faith. Seeing it through what, what it could become. I believe faith helps us to make everything better. Right? That would you see something faith has been applied. Every situation can be better because of faith. Right? Just to wrap it up here because of time and you know I believe there's a counterculture faith. Because response in a different way as what would be the norm in all situations. It's a different way of responding to things, responding with faith. And as I said, at the same time, it's not us trying harder, trying to, I need to be a man of faith. Because some of us, maybe we grew up in church and we hear, all like, oh man, I need to be a man of faith. And we mean, we mean maybe speaking from here, we mean, that's not the practical faith I believe God has given us. God has given us a faith that we can apply every area and every situation of our lives. In Hebrews 12:2, we can read, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Right, Jesus leads the way in everything. He is the one that gave us faith and he is the one that will bring it to perfection. We are renewing our mind in Christ every time we are putting our faith to work. That's why I believe that we can put faith in our thinking. I was thinking, you know, this thing of like one month ago we had this theme of what seems impossible Becoming possible. You remember that? Yeah. What seems impossible, becoming possible. It's a statement that you need faith for that, right? Imagine looking into our next year, 2024, and having that theme for every month, every situation in our life, what seems impossible, becoming possible. What seems impossible, becoming possible. What I cannot see maybe right now, I will see with faith. What I, instead of speaking this, I'm going to speak, put faith in my speaking. It's not denying the facts. It's not denying that it's a bad situation. But it's turn, taking that bad situation and speaking faith into this, declaring God's promises into it. And even, we don't even need to wait for next year. Maybe we can start already this Christmas season. Something so ordinary, well, for some families, a super extraordinary Christmas family dinner. But it's like a dinner around the table. And you can meet with some people, putting some faith in your speaking. 
You can bring maybe faith with, with its reconciliation needed for families. You can bring faith to see the situation that maybe was annoying for many years and turn it into, okay, I'm going to bring faith here. I'm going to bring eternity focus in my, in my thinking.